for the Future Barn Podcast back after a break, a much-needed break, um, to kind of recollect myself, get my mental health in check, and uh, get back to this hopefully meaningful work. Uh, as I've been, as I took a little break from this podcast, I've been thinking about the podcast a lot, um, and yeah, and just kind of recalibrating the goals of it and the intention of it in my head. So yeah, it just comes down to a simple, um, I'm always fascinated and made curious by the people I come in contact with um, in my life here in uh, Elwood, Indiana, um, in the surrounding areas, and then, you know, hopefully coming up traveling and all that. Um, yeah, and the people that come in and out of my life, you know, we, uh, I just want to take a chance on this podcast to celebrate them and to, and to gleam something from their experience. Um, I think so many people in this world are doing meaningful, good work um, on various scales. And a lot of times, um, the non-celebrity faction of that doesn't have a chance to tell their story, doesn't have a chance to give us their insight. And so I just want to do my little part to uh, see how folks I know are being their best selves and trying to make an impact in this world and in their world. For me personally, uh, this comes down, and the one of the reasons I do this podcast is it's about forward momentum with my mental illness of bipolar disorder um, and with some of the other things that have happened in my life. Um, staying positive, staying motivated um, is really important, and that forward momentum is key. And so these conversations allow me to do that. Um, and then also, uh, yeah, it adds to this idea of meaningful work. I was speaking with my therapist the other day about, you know, I'm in this kind of, uh, liminal space, um, between, you know, what I thought was going to be my career and then what the next chapter in my life will be. And she just reminded me to keep doing meaningful work, whether it's being, going and watching, your kids friends play uh baseball 
whether it's writing poems, whether it's uh, having these kinds of conversations both on and off air. Uh, and so, yeah, and so our guest today, the, the I couldn't think of anyone better to bring us back into this shuffle than Ben Sutton, um, who I know Ben, I've known Ben for 18 years now, um, ever since I first saw him as the front man for uh, legendary Indiana hardcore band In the Face of War, and from then all the way up till now where he's doing BS Limited, um, a really special project um, of positive uh, t-shirts, and we'll talk more about all that in the episode, um, but but I do think Ben is a shining example of a person doing meaningful work work for the sake of doing the work, for the sake of the people that that could possibly be affected by the work, and I think that's wonderful. Um, in the episode I mentioned, uh, our mutual friend Zach Melton, uh, as someone that when I was younger, I saw as, a, as an example of someone a little older than me that could, uh, was doing things in a way that maybe could fit the way I wanted to approach life. And I think Ben now is one of those people for me, uh, as I try to gain back some of my composure and confidence in myself as an artist. I think Ben is one of those people that just kind of leans his shoulder into it and makes the, does the work that he thinks is important. Uh, and that's what I want to do. So thanks for that inspiration. But and so I hope you gleam some of that from that. Anyhow, check out BS Limited his T-shirts. Um, go back and listen to those in the Face of War albums. Um, and yeah, and then other than that, enjoy the conversation today with Ben Sutton. Uh, and follow on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Share if you get the feeling. And yeah, every other Sunday, uh, myself willing, we'll be here have these conversations uh you can always leave a little message for us on the anchor page um a little voice memo and i'll do my best to respond to those uh, as appropriate and otherwise thanks for being here thanks for being you i wish you happiness i wish you warmth here's ben sutton In the face of war stuff, like you guys were cap trying to capture a vibe more than trying to like perfect a sound. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And a lot of punk rock and hardcore like it's not about like did we get that exactly right or is this it's like yeah. or the recording, you know, I, I was listening to some of y'all's and then going back I, I started going down the rabbit hole and finding like Old, remember the Beauty Prevails, like yeah. old Beauty Prevails demos, and shit. like it's like, like they sound like they were recorded on an iPhone, like yeah. you know what I mean? Right, it's, and it's wild, like and but it wasn't about that, right? It was about the vibe of it. It wasn't about like did we get this song perfectly captured in this perfectly like succinct way? It's about yeah. the process, and the, yeah, it was less about like the the destination, more about the journey. Yeah. Uh, as cheesy as that sounds, I mean, no. Like the whole thing about In the Face War was, we were about the the friendship and the fun and doing it yourself. Yeah. And just being in charge of whatever. Yeah. 
And then we just happened to be in a band as well. Yeah. Um, well, I think that's something I admire about you. So anyways, I'm here with Ben Sutton, um, who I know from, and a lot of people know from In the Face of War, as the lead, uh, I just say front man. The lead singer sounds weird to me. To me, you're not a lead singer. And, and I don't mean that as a diss. And, it's not a diss. <laughs> no, I mean it as like, a, you're, you were the front man. You were the yeah. man in front. Because the lead singer was everyone at the show. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Dude, <laughs> was me. I, I thought I was the lead singer. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, don't like, I don't like the, the word lead. Like it's some kind of separation. Yeah. I never like stages. Yeah. Like where it was a band and the crowd. Yeah. Two, two groups. Yeah. And then singing was hard because like, I don't sing. I can't sing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A front yeah, yeller. I think fr front man was always <laughs> what I always thought of you as because you were, yeah, you were like, it was this, you were the thing that drifted between the band and the crowd, right? You would get lost in the mm. audience and oh, then yeah. you'd be back with the band sometimes. Yeah. Right? Foot right. up on the kick drum, right? <laughs> but then you're, but then you're getting lost or carried away, literally carried away, yeah. you know, and like, right. And oh, yeah. you, you're the kind of thing that were, you're the conduit between the band and the audience, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, it was so nice to, you know, come see you the other day, and uh, you were at the lot party um, uh, for First Friday, and I came down to see you, and you were selling shirts. We'll talk more about that and stuff. Um, but it just, it was one of those things I was like, being able to catch up with an old friend like you, I was like... Oh, th this is this is the thing that that I miss the most about the COVID era. Well, oh, yeah. it was because I saw my I saw my family still, right? Mm -hmm. I had like two or three friends. We'd kind of like pointed at each other and like, "You be safe, I'll be safe. We can still hang out." Like, you kind of you get that little bubble, mm -hmm. but then the people who are outside that bubble who are still meaningful and still interesting and still doing like you, it's like there was no chance for me to be like, just run into you or just right. come, because we weren't doing those kind of, you weren't doing pop-ups, you know, we weren't yeah. uh, going to shows, we weren't doing any, like, even this podcast was, I started this podcast at a terrible time, I started this podcast in July of 2020. What a time to start a podcast where you're asking yeah. people to come <laughs> sit across from you, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and people did it because I, I just telling you earlier off air we were uh i'd set up my garage i had two two uh recliners six feet apart this thing's actually is a six foot cable so you could sit and we would just if the person wanted to wear a mask we'd wear a mask mm -hmm. but we would because i just needed it for that kind of connection that oh, kind yeah. of like, i need to have a conversation with someone yeah. look at someone um so i just wonder you're you always have seemed like such a guy that's like always doing stuff and being like like you in the, in the face were out in the crowd. You're like making stuff and doing stuff and being around people. So how was, how are you man with COVID? How did, yeah. how did this last year? Well, uh, however you wanna. Uh, yeah, I feel like that's a loaded question. Whenever you see someone you're like, oh, how you been? I've seen you forever and it's like, well, I've been bad because everything's <laughs> bad. shitty. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I don't know, um, for most of it, I was in a really bad mood, yeah. really depressed, really down. And uh, it really sucks that it took 
uh, some of my friends dying yeah. to like shake me out of that and be like, holy shit, I, what am I doing? Why am I right. wasting time? Like, and it's, it's kind of weird. It's been like, so I did IFO for 10 years and did everything I wanted and was my own person and made shit happen. Yeah. I lived my way and then for 10 years, I didn't do shit. I just kind of like floated around and tried to like live life a different way, like quote unquote their way. Like went to college, got a job that way. Yeah. Like did some things, moved moved away, moved back, and uh, very unhappy because I I found out I still don't like what the world has to offer. Yeah. And so I the got stru- like, kind of the structure of it, the shoulds and the yeah. yeah, like I always thought I would like well I would grow up and like kind of like blend into it, like move into that life, like yeah, kind of like and it just never happened. Like I was extremely unhappy and got really into like drugs and drinking and oh yeah that. So it was yeah. like easy to like. I was using that to like fill a hole. Yeah. And uh, not that that's, I didn't have a really goddamn good time. <laughs> yes, uh, yes. But I But you can recognize it was do, a good time and recognize that something was happening that wasn't healthy and wasn't, uh, yeah, it was filling a hole. Yeah, um, I just, instead of like using that to forced me to create or to connect with people yep. or to like even remember something for more than yeah. one day. Uh, so like, I don't know, it's been, it's been great because I have a whole lot more time on my hands. Yeah. A lot more like, I can, well, I can direct all my money into doing things instead of like partying. Well, it sounds like you've kind of have are trying to figure a way you like did this like young youthful energy like we're just like it's kind of there's a naivete to it but just like here we are in the like the world is my oyster i'm is my playground and i'm in it and then you try to and then you're like shit i'm 30 or whatever i need to like yeah go to college get a job and you do that and you're like that doesn't really work but then so what's the in between those two things? Because you can't yeah. you can't play eighteen year old frontman forever. Right, right. Yeah, but you can't. But you're not the kind of person, and I feel I feel akin to you in this way. You're not the kind of person that's like gonna wear a suit and go and go check in and you know and go to your white picket fence after work and your two mm. kids and whatever. Not that those things aren't possible or not for you, but like that's just not it clearly and so but then what there's something in between there yeah there's something that's like use it and i think that's what your newest project this bs limited is is what i see it's doing because one of the things i notice about a lot of the things you've done especially it started within the face war and then especially with this is um you know you're saying like this like you had this feeling like this sucks this is not this is, you know, the world, the world at large is sucking because of this COVID thing. And then society itself kind of sucks. And then I just don't know where I'm at. Yeah. Right. Um, so, but then all this, this positivity this practical positivity, this keep learning, you know, all these kind of, uh, 
this positive thing, it's not, this is what I tried to explain when I was trying to explain your music one time to someone. It's not about like positive, it's not a na naive positivity. It's like a, that's why I love practical positivity because it's this, um, it's this thing that forces you, um, it's like a counterbalance to the dark side. Right, mm -hmm. it's like I always I love I use the word stoked all the time. I say in all my emails, stay stoked, and people think it's like this goofy, kitschy, like smile, goofy, smiley, which is kind of my persona. But it's actually I have a really dark side. Like I've had suicide attempts. I have bipolar disorder. I've had multiple fa failed marriages by the age of 32, and so to me, that practical positivity is is also is a necessary counterbalance to friends dying to the world falling apart to uh that that's how i see it and that's yeah. what i think is really beautiful um so yeah so you have this new how would how do you when you, what's your elevator pitch for bs limited oh damn when, if so, uh nah. <laughs> i guess i haven't really thought of that but yeah i guess it does like, what really are you doing? it i haven't totally worked it down into uh, yeah, like, a few words you're like two Definitely practical positivity is yeah. uh, a main thing because I, I want to be like, hey, you know, we're being positive, but we got to be real about it. Yeah. Because, you know, like, nah, like you know, the concepts of, like love everyone. It's like, well, fuck that. I fucking hate some people. <laughs> yeah. And then it makes you, uh, yeah, it's not, yeah, it's not practical. It's not. It's a self-defeating goal where you're like, but, and this is where Christianity gets a lot of things wrong, and I'm sure we'll talk about religion some too when we talk about the origins and the face war, but, um, yeah, you get this sense and yeah, this kind of, uh, oh, I was, at a, I was at yoga the other day. I go to yoga in the park, mm. and, and Elwood, of all places. So it's me and 50-year-old overweight ladies, and and it, we're, we're doing our yoga, it's great, and the wonderful yoga instructor she she just said something she's like i want to leave you with something i heard and and she was trying to but it was just totally wrong and it sounds good but it's wrong where it's like she's like i um whatever you did today was good because you did it and it's like what if i murdered someone today like does it mm. like i was yeah, like it sounds like good and it yeah. like it's something my mom would have painted on like a little piece of wood on the wall in the yeah. bathroom like a, but uh, by a barn star and like yeah. peace, peace love <laughs> yeah. laughter but whatever. you're like yeah and so um so i i'm glad we're making that distinction because i think with your shirts with this be limited there is this it's like you know, like the word learning on a shirt or practical positivity over and over on a shirt. And I feel like at first glance, people might try to put it in that category of just yeah. like thing on the, like positive right. phrase on the, but it's like, I think there's something more going on. And that's what I was curious to talk yeah. to you about. So yeah, one of, my, one of my big ideas is love someone. Yeah. Instead of love everybody. Yeah, and what is that? It's like, what does that mean just, to you? Just, I mean, just, just don't try to like, overdo it and mm -hmm. love everyone especially people that hate you because uh -huh. like it's gonna you're gonna at some point just really bring yourself out probably or yeah. I, I would but uh the concept of like loving someone is like hey just just love one person yeah like 
don't set unrealistic goals. Yep. Like, and uh, it's not that hard to love like one person knew you. Yeah. Just be like, hey, if you if you can just try with one person. Yep. Instead of everyone, which is just a hugely impossible goal. <laughs> yes. It's like self-defeating from the get. Uh-huh. Um, like, love someone, it's like, basically, I'm just trying to make today a little bit better than yesterday. Yeah. Like, nothing, nothing huge. Yeah. Like, obviously, there are huge powers at play. Like, there are a lot of people with a lot of money that have a lot of things under control. Yeah. And there's very little we can really do, but we can do something. Yeah. So let's let's try to be a force in what we can actually do. Yeah, and I'm sure you realize this, but this this is it. it what I what makes me smile so much about this project for you is that it seems like a continuation of of an ethos that you have been developing since you were like 16 years old with yeah. the band. With yeah. the face or anyone, anyone listening to this who knows in the face war and knew the music and knew the vibe will, will is nodding at like that connect that. Cause like you saying like, what, just try a little something you can do today. You know, like love someone. Those are, I mean, those are almost lyric. Those are almost yeah. out of the, yeah. out of no. the, and I think that's beautiful. And so, <laughs> Because one of my questions with this, also, by the way, before we get to it, into it, was, uh, so it's BS Limited, right? Or this is right. BS Limited? Yeah. I Well, obviously, the BS is partly Ben Sutton. Yeah. But it's also partly bullshit, right? Yes. Yeah. So uh, I think that, I, I love that name, too, because I think that name's so perfect, because it is that, it is w- winking at that, that, like, kitschy thing of, like, like we're gonna limit, we're gonna we're taking the practical positivity and we're gonna limit the bullshit. Yeah, you know, and yeah, you can right. do both. Right. It's really hard you're to separate both. And you saw this in the hardcore scene, didn't you? Where there's some kitschy ass hardcore bands, or some oh, yeah. or some bands that it was, oh, yeah. it was all about the fashion, or it was all about or is all about or those hardline. I remember the hardline guys that were like beating people up if they straight edge hardliners who like beat people up if they smoked a cigarette, like. That kind of shit, and it's like, mm. you, well, I don't know what that bullshit is, but we're doing this other thing. It's yeah. like all about let's just hang oh, yeah. out and yell together. Right. Um, I, there were a lot of people in bands that I or bands and fans that like, you know, said one thing and looked one way, and then in reality acted quite another. Mm. Yes. And uh, um, which I always find kind of strange because I felt like. Uh, punk hard, hardcore is always about being like, hey, I want to be something different. Yeah. And I think the double speak of a lot of bands was not really that much different than just being on X103. Yeah. The same, same thing. Yeah. It's like, hey, we're, we're trying to do something different over here because we actually, we uh, are doing what we think and we're thinking what we're doing and we're caring about each other. Yeah. And, Loving other people doesn't make money. Yes. At the end of the day, yep. it's, no one's getting rich off you giving a shit about someone else. Yes. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, you know, you, you said the word you, a couple times, doing, and I think that that is such a big thing is, like, it's beyond existing. It's like there's this forward momentum to it. 
Because I, what I love about these shirts too is you make them. Yeah. <laughs> You're not. You didn't say like I got this idea. Well, we'll we'll put a practical positivity on a shirt, and I'll order a hundred of them from right. some company. Yeah, it's that, like you. I was just hanging out with you in your studio. You're making them. Yeah, so they're they're, they're one off, handmade by me. It's like, you know. So what's the process? I don't know much about shirt making. So can you just mm, talk? Tell me a little about that. Uh, How do you so make? Yeah. The the process, I guess, would start with like design. Yeah. Uh, doing it, drawing up a design like. Um, I personally use Affinity Designer. Okay. Which is like. Uh, the cheap version of Adobe Illustrator. Sure. But gets the job done. Cheap only in money. It's actually a really good program. So I use that. I draw the design and then uh, I do uh, purchase Plastisol ink transfers okay. from a company. And Plastisol is the ink that they use in screen printing. Okay. Uh, so it's not it's not a screen printing shirt, but it's not an iron-on. Okay. But it is a heat transfer of ink that you use in screen printing. Okay. So that's why it like... So it's like the two processes meet. Yeah. Like the iron-on and the... Yeah. Yeah. And it works out really well because I can definitely make things limited. I, I don't want to be like, oh, hey, here's this design. I'll sell as many as are bought. Yep. It's like, no, that's just not how things work. And unfortunately- But isn't that also going back to your, yeah. to your roots? Like, it's like handmade demos or like, or like limited runs. We only have enough money to buy a hundred in the face of war shirts for this print run. So here we go, we got a hundred of them. When they're gone, they're gone, yeah. right? And all the, right. Yeah. All the, I have a whole, uh, it's actually a Pacers flag, and I have all the buttons, and I have like oh, yeah. fourteen. I think oh, I got that one on that hat right now, the truck. Sweet. But um, but you know, like there aren't you didn't you weren't like just unlimiting the like there's just like we bought a shit ton, but this is it, mm. and or even you know back early on like demos and all that you know those kind yeah. of things. Like I think there is so much more of a connection to a product when you know it's not just some unlimited run thing like yeah. if you go to like you know walmart buy a shirt it's like how many of those are there oh my forever God. yeah like um i remember thinking it was funny like a couple decades ago when uh hot topic started selling minor threats first demo tape oh yeah <laughs> or i yeah. think it was yeah it's their first demo and on And they also used to have their shirts, too. Yeah, it's like, yeah. dude, what is going on yeah. here? Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, dude, it's, I've, so, it's so strange. But. In, in high school, I think it was in high school, maybe it was like my first year of college, I bought a Fugazi album at Hot Topic. Mm. And it's like, this is, you know, related, obviously, but it's just like, what is, go like, yeah. And it just, it didn't have the same. And I, maybe you're similar. I've always found I have a deeper connection to to art when I like it and I know the person. And then yeah. not even know the person in the sense of like they're my best friend or they're my dad, but in the sense of like I like I know you or I'm able to I was able to get to know Ben because of, 
your music and and I like the music, so that's a double whammy versus like just listening to music. I'm like that's I think why we love podcasts. That's why we love Oh yeah. Because we feel like we get to know when I listen to Pete Holmes, a comedian, it breaks something open about his work. Yeah. Because I'm listening to him talk about his life. Yeah. And so, it w- but until recently, we got to do that because we were like friends. We went to shows and we were friends with people, and that's just how you got to know people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that was really important, yeah, to this whole endeavor with the shirts too, right? Because um, you mentioned earlier the tragic loss of some friends, and one of those was Jonathan. Was it Jonathan Lee Horn? Right? Mm-hmm. Is it? Um, and he had was a big inspiration behind. There's a lot. His yeah. illness and oh, yeah. death were tied into this process as well, right? Yeah, that was... Uh, Do you mind talking about that? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, so, um, over the pandemic, I was basically only close to the guys that were in Hellier. Yeah, which, which is a band you... Two of them were my roommates, and then Jonathan. Yeah. And so, like, I mean, I felt like over the last year I got really close to him. And uh, we had a lot of talks and, and stuff, and like, um, if you, you know in the church, like, the one, like, kind of wonky letter that's, uh, it's really a nod to him, uh-huh. because I had done it in Hellier on some things, and I was just kind of joking around, and uh, wasn't gonna wasn't gonna keep doing it, but then he, motivated me to do that again. So um, now I kind of do it on a lot of my designs that's, because that's it's great. it's really kind of a, it's a, definitely an homage to him yeah. and the love that he spread and the support that he gave everyone around him. Yeah. He gave that to me. I want to give that to other people. That's beautiful. And it's also, it's just like, you know, it's a signature in a way like that when you see that, tilted letter you know that's uh, something I did yeah and it's not even that unique of an idea at all yeah but it's just it's just a little just th- enough that's, and yeah. that yeah and that goes back to that it's just, yeah there's just something a little I don't mean this negatively there's a little off or a little different right yeah and, yeah and right. I and I feel like um well, yeah, because I was thinking about that with Hell, with Hell Year, because um, you guys were starting that, and you played your first show like right when the pandemic started, right? We only no, um, we actually only played one show. Okay. And it was October seventh. Okay, so in the middle of the yeah yeah. But we we had started the band right before Four. the pandemic. So yeah. So I was thinking about how you couldn't have come up with a better symbolic name for 2020 than yeah. Hell Year. It's, I know. It is Hell Year. But you you did it. Well, because now you're selling Hell Year shirts with this BS Limited, and I feel like it's it's even separated from um, the band, right? Mm. It's like now it's it feels like an emblem of the of the time. Like the t- it feels like Oh yeah, like if you, see, I saw someone wearing like you're wearing a Hell Year shirt right now. If I see someone wearing a Hell Year shirt, I'd be like, "Oh yeah, this is this has been <laughs> like you yeah. know." And and it's that it's that in the same way that like practical positivity might remind or like you know the saying 
you re- you have love someone on the sleeves, like those are certain kinds of reminders. There's also that dark side reminder of the hell year, right? Yeah. And then tied up in all that is is also Jonathan's unfortunate passing and um, yeah. And so it's funny how that is contained all within like a punk band name, you know, like, yeah. you know, you're like, this is some real shit here. There's some real yeah. depth here. So, yeah. Right. Um, and he, you know, unfortunately it may sound like a, a crude sentiment, but he really topped it off, you know? Yeah. It was like, cause without being too personal about it, cause I don't, I want to respect his family and his like, but like he got sick fast. Or yeah. they found out about it, and it was yeah. quick. I think between um, diagnosis and death, it was, I think, 20 days. Mm. Wow. Um, yeah, that... Wow. Yeah. And then... Yeah, and then... I've... And I'm sure... And you're a large part of it, but I've seen several people doing things, using their skills, using their passions, to do things like you continuing... To like you making these shirts that have come out of the, and using that slanted letter, right? Or I saw some, yeah, someone. Yeah, I mean, when you say it that way, that's another nod in the face of war. It's because we had that song slant, slanted oh, letters. Oh, that's true. That is true. Uh, that's funny. That's the old. That's old. But yeah, it is. Uh, I, I I don't mean to like. I feel like I'm kind of like telling the magician's secret here. But I'm like, because I'm making these observations, because I just know, I just know you, like, I know the situation, mm. and I've seen it for so long that we're like, yeah. I'm seeing all these connections between the, because we really get, we get like one thing that's like us, and then we just like morph it in a, a million different ways. Like, my thing is, I love using language in interesting and bizarre ways. And right. so that's led me from poetry to now I have a, I'm huge into stand up, and then uh, but I love podcasts too because like how can we have conversations in unique, interesting ways? Mm. So um, yeah, but anyways, so you did get the you got to play one show, yeah, with Hell Year thank with John. Thank God, you man. got to that play was, one show with John. Yeah, like that was uh, I'm so glad I cannot tell you how and I'm happy. So, and I'm so I can't tell you how sad I am that I didn't come. I almost came. I forget why I didn't come. I think it was like I felt like I I felt like I I think I was still in like COVID like oh, yeah. tight like right. tight butt cheeks yeah. mode. I mean, um, I felt that way too, but it was like. But that was like what the, he was, he had the way of of making me like set that aside. Yeah, and he's like, "We gotta do this." Yeah. Um. So when you played that show, did you did anyone have any idea about his illness? No. This no. was way before. Oh yeah. Um. So it's just so interesting that that you you did that, and but then this thing happened. You know, yeah. like it's. It's yeah, it's strange how the world works. How how was the show? Like looking, like do you have like just great memories about it or? Um, honestly, no. I had really terrible memories about it because okay. because That's the okay. sound on stage was awful. Sure. So we figured it sounded like crap to everyone else up uh-huh. front, but uh, it wasn't until months later. Yeah, I finally saw some footage 
from out front, I was like, holy shit, this sounds really good. <laughs> and I was like, man, this whole time I was thinking that we totally sucked. Yes. And then it turns out we sounded the way we wanted to. Like, I mean, two bases, six cabs has very particular sound. Yeah. Uh, which dances on just absolute mud. But yeah. because of the tone that Shane played and then Jonathan, the tone he played, and especially with that aluminum neck bass, I mean, that just makes it, it makes a bass more trebly. Okay. And so it really cuts. So it, it was great. Like, uh, I spent months thinking we did terrible. And yeah. then I saw some videos and I was like, dude, we didn't do terrible. Like, yeah. CJ even came out from Florida for that show. Oh, yeah? Your brother CJ? Yeah. Yeah, which, it's wild that he did that. But, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, hey. it, was, it was really fun. We, we advertised that we were playing a six sharp. Yeah. Because we had, we had to, because our drummer had another gig that, that night. Okay. So we played early, and uh, it was outside, and it was sunny, and it just, I thought it went poorly. But yeah. apparently it didn't. And now I think much more fondly about that. Good. Yeah, isn't it fun? When you're in the moment, when you're, yeah, and, it, and you're in this kind of cacophony of sound that's like, maybe this is it. But you don't know how, you don't know, it's a good lesson in life. You don't know how you're projecting. Right, the world. exactly, exactly, know, yes. You don't. You're so right. You don't know what that is. And so, but if you can just live in the moment and make and, and do it. Then, and you guys did it. Um, yeah, before I do want, because I, I know we're going to spend a lot of time because I'm a nerd on In the Face of War. So, and I'm ready <laughs> to get all right. to it. That's all right. Dude, <laughs> my favorite part of my life right there. Dude, of course. <laughs> um, and But I do want to ask you about another group, another band you, you had uh, uh, recently. Uh, um, oh, yeah. And I felt like to me that was. That was, it felt like a super group to me. Yeah, I know. <laughs> of like You're, my teen years. Because you, yeah. you had Kyle, right? It was Kyle in it? Kyle Kammeyer, <laughs> who, uh, who, Wade Vega, Rodeo Ruby Love, right? Eric Fox, right? Am I? Mm-hmm. Uh, and who was yeah, Rodeo Ruby Love, Osteoferocious, yeah, whatever. Oh, and one, still one of my favorite of the local bands. Yeah. Osteoferocious, oh, still yeah. one of They're my favorite. So, so, good. so fun. And. Uh, Jake DeWiggins, who I actually went to school with, who's mm-hmm. younger than me. Yeah. He's like a baby. Whoa, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I always forget. He's, he's so young. Who used to be the drummer for the Atari. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he dropped, I think he dropped out of high school to do that. <laughs> Which yeah. is a weird, bizarre. Yeah. Um, I want to get him on here because I know he has some good Chris Rose stories. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. I bet, man. Oh, shit. He and, did that for four years. Dude, I mean, that was like... Yeah, I, yeah, I haven't talked to him about it too much, but I, it's just an amazing thing. But well, who else? There was someone else in that. Uh, our buddy Stephen Ruby played bass. Did he play in bass? Um, not that I know of, um, but he he is such an awesome dude. Um, I think we had met him, or we knew him because he runs Black Acre. Okay. Um, he's the the main guy there, and he's actually he passed the bar. Wow! 
he did all the schooling and everything to be a lawyer, but was brewing beer for like <laughs> Ram and was like, you know what? I think I want to do this. Okay. And so he started his own business. That's cool. Doing that. And it's yeah. like, it's like, it's super good beer. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. Not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, so, I mean, but <sighs> get, so give me a, what, what's your favorite uh, memory? Oh, geez. Um, you know, we were only together for a year. Yeah. But there are so many of them, so many memories. It was such a fun band. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, my favorite memory is actually the show we played Muncie at Be Here Now. Okay. That show was just, I mean, that was life changing. Lawn show, I'm sure. Uh, it was or that be here, oh not VGR be here now yeah sorry. be here now yeah at, at be uh, here now okay yeah downstairs yeah yeah uh, in that creepy dungeon yeah it was that <laughs> yeah. was great yeah so great oh we had so many fun times that's good other things like no for that's sure that's number one but if I had any runner ups it would be first off have you ever played the game Rush Two no. So it's you know it's a it's California Rush. Okay. The second one is what's supposed to be a racing game, but there's a stunt stunt mode on there you can play, <laughs> and it's uh, it's so fucking it's so wild it's so goofy. We played a lot of that, and that is actually from like the solar solar trying days guys showed yeah, me yeah, that. Yeah. We used to play that all the time back in Kokomo. Yeah. Um, but as far as, as far as uh goes, like one time Kyle said, uh, I think it was like, we were like, Hey Kyle, do you want a beer? And he's like, yeah, I'll try anything one more time. (laughs) Dude, that is so good. Which again, the super, all you guys who've been in bands or was a lawyer turning into a brewer, like let's try it. I'll try it one more time. Yeah. <laughs> like I'll be, yeah, know, exactly. I'll be a front man one more time. It was so much fun because we had all done like serious Various levels of serious success. things. Yeah, yeah. Let's go ahead and say most of us had done serious bands. So yeah. when we did that, we we're like, dude, we don't want to be serious at all. Yeah. Except for writing the music. Yeah. It's the only thing we took seriously. The rest yeah. was a total joke and shit show yeah dude i think every single time uh did anything at least one person was like way too fucked up (laughs) hey but that can create some energy and some it it takes the shackles off a little bit where you're like oh yeah all right let's well because one of the things that i think is great too what my favorite uh, memory is the the b song Mm -hmm. you know right yeah the and which is uh, basically you're you're it's a you're doing the voice of a bee like yeah. right and <laughs> that, yeah, someone, that, right? that's actually and because I was super into a Slim Harpo song okay like a, a blues song from like the fifties or okay something, but. but but I was just thinking like you know you said like everything was super goofy except for making music but what I appreciate is letting the 
writing good music while still letting being playful and still letting the goofy in and things mm-hmm. like and having oh, yeah. playful moments yeah. you're like what if i what if i had a song where i'm screaming but i'm like a bee yeah. <laughs> you know? right like that, it was like, a song about a bee there's yeah. a song about hummus there's a song about a downhill domination uh mountain bike game on yeah. ps2 yeah a song about pizza king yeah but but i and in poetry i'm the same way right and everyone has this idea of poetry is this like serious blah 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 and it's like that's bullshit um and one of the greatest lessons I learned from the poets that I admire most is that just because something is funny doesn't mean it's not serious. Right. 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 And some of the funniest things in the world are serious. And some of the most serious things in the world are funny. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, there's humor in COVID. There's humor. Like, it's there. But it's like, how do we approach it thoughtfully and interesting? And how do we just approach life in a playful way? And I, that's something I've always admired about you and about and then yeah so when uh when the super group of uh happened i was like this is great and oh, i put man. that b song on so many playlists that year wow. <laughs> yeah i'm um, so glad that we got that on spotify like yeah it's it's, it's so it's, nice to have stuff up there yeah so yeah let's do it let's talk about in the face of war All um right. uh you're keeping the legacy alive we were uh you I'm guessing that's you on the Instagram. You have a infogram. Yeah. Um, you post an old show flyers. You, I'm wearing right now. I'm doing the nerdy thing, and I'm wearing the shirt you made around you. And I have the 20th anniversary Invasive War shirt on. Um, classic rock, which I love. Yeah. It, it, oh, it yeah, is. Dude. It is classic rock. Um, yeah. I mean, they say 20 years after 20 years, you become classic rock, and. I know it's not 20 years to from any song that we wrote, but it's 20 years to when we started. Yep. I was like, I gotta make that joke now. Yeah. I can't wait, because that's a big part of BS Limited is there's no time to wait. Yep. Who knows what can happen? I mean, COVID can happen. You can like, go to the hospital forever. Like, I don't know, there's too much. If we don't do something now, we may never have this chance again, right? Exactly. Um, oh man, dude, you're oh, talking man. to yes. a scholar. Yeah, <laughs> in the face of a scholar. Um, no, but <laughs> but I'm glad I got you at that moment. But um, but yeah. So let's talk about that. That you said like it wasn't 20 years since the first song, but 20 years since it became a thing. So what does that mean? What was the moment where, looking back, where you're like, that's when in the face of war started. May seventh. 2001 with our first show with Bob. Yep. And like, Bob really set the tone for what we would do. Okay. Uh, for a long time, like, and. Uh, so you had played some shows before then? You yeah. Yeah, we had songs. a different drummer who was like, he came from more of, a, more of that like 90s grunge side of things. Okay. Like, kind of like that. And then. We got Bob, and he's like, Bob's just Bob's a, a beast. Bob's a oh my god, Bob's, a, Bob's an as a, animal. As drum. a person and a drummer, he's a force. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah. You can, when oh, Bob's I love around, that dude. Yeah, I haven't. Yeah, I haven't seen him in a while, but like, Bob's the kind of person who just like when he walks in the room, like he smiles at you and you smile. Like that's oh, that yeah. kind of person. Oh, yeah. You know, it's just like it's a force. Is the only way. So so he comes in and you guys play that show. And yeah. that's when you're like, did you know it then? Were you kind of like, this is something? Oh, yeah. Or were you still oh, just yeah. kind of like, because um, you're like, okay. how old at that time? 
in 2001. How old are you? 17. Seven, yeah. And everyone else is. Is CJ older than you? Yes. Okay, he's a yeah. couple years older mm -hmm. than you. So. He's about three and a half. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. So, so there you go. You play that show and, uh, yeah. And so that's the first, so this is the, it's always funny to me looking back at those flyers and then, or Googling, like, just like running down the memory train, Googling things. And there's so many different, because I think of the evolution of the band, but also just because of the evolution of the internet around the same time, there's so many different ways that Interface War is described. You know, like melodic, religious-tinged, <laughs> hardcore, metalcore. And it's like, I don't really know what that means. And, yeah. you know, and then it's like, there's that one that just said fast hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, great, that's exactly it. Yeah. And, um, oh, yeah. yeah, so this is, the time when you're playing, you showed me that thing, you're playing Cornerstone. Yeah. And so, which is like, was a huge, is, was a huge, was. um, like Christian music festival. Mm. Um, yeah. And so it really did start in like a rooted in Christianity, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. that first album, Self-Reliance and Self-Destruction, God's all over that. Right. Yeah. In, in, in upfront way in like very obvious ways but also in in more metaphoric yeah vibe it was it was really on the next album yeah that it was really um uh, solidly not religious yeah so what so yeah because you were just you guys were kids so you were just like this is what you knew at the time right we all going to church and yeah so that's what you mm. know and you're like yeah and you're like I'm 17, I gotta write lyrics. Yeah, <laughs> right, write, like, right. And that's the language you're around. So then, yeah. yeah. So I was just, uh, oh, I remember, I don't remember which line it was, but I wrote, I remember being, I think I was 14, and I went to a youth a youth group in uh, uh, Tipton, Indiana. And uh, they at, they had like a big whiteboard, and you could write, your favorite Bible verse, whatever. I wrote an interface of word lyric for some yeah. of the lines <laughs> up there. Like one of the more religious lines. Yeah. And everyone was just like, what? Right. But I was, even at that time, I was like, I don't believe in God, but this is a great line. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, so I think that's what's so interesting about interface of word is like both in the kind of the philosophy of it and in the sound of it, it really evolves. It's not like, a lot of bands don't evolve like that anymore, right? They're like, yeah. they come out, they have a sound, and then and then once that sound runs out, then they're done. The, maybe they keep making albums and no one cares. but yeah. Or they just give up. They're like, we don't know what to do now. Versus like, my favorite artists always like, they're do, you make albums that are like, as you grow, the music grows, right? So, right. So then here God goes away and then maybe it gets more punk you get you know yeah. and like because you get more punk you know and like and then there were there was the straight edge period right I believe uh, yeah, right that no not ne never I over mean, it was more like some people just like being around like yeah yeah some some of the guys talked about it more yeah um I was just personally I was coincidentally straight edge yeah because I was like no, I'm a 
I'm a loser. I didn't have friends to like peer pressure me into like doing that stuff. It's like, it's what I just never did. And then yeah. get a little older and I was like, I don't really care. Like, cause it would like really mess up me being able to do some of the stuff I was doing. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it was a big change. It was huge for me. I met some people. Uh, who's that? What was that one band that, uh, oh gosh, I don't even remember who it is now, but it was, it was some band that one of those Fairfield shows, the lead singer went on, uh, some rant about straight edge and about caffeine how it's a drug too, and he was like drinking a Sprite. And that, that that day I went home and told my mom like, hey, don't buy me Cokes anymore, I'm not having caffeine. Like, uh, and I was straight until I was 23. Yeah. And it was, uh, what's but, that? and I'm what's so that? fucking thankful for it, because it, because especially with my mental health problems, it saved my life in college. Like, yeah. like I, I would've, I would've really went off the deep end if I had that kind of, those kind of crutches and those kind of uh, influences, and so, and it was just one of those weird, like, stroke of good lucks as a 14-year-old. Like, I made mm. one good decision as a 14-year-old, yeah. and that was the yeah, decision. right? Like, that was my like, one good decision. Yes, that's, that's good to hear. And I think it's so big, too, because, like, um, phys- physiologically, your body, your brain is still growing and forming. And yeah. um, there have been numerous studies, like, if you start drinking later it doesn't affect you the same way like it does if you start because your brain matter is a young. little more solid yeah 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 uh so that was a great uh thing for sure um but yeah so i don't know where, where to start what what to talk about let me see i've made a bunch of little uh notes here um yeah i th- i guess i guess the best place to start is just where do you think you know, we're talking about the evolution of the sound. And if we track it, right, it's this, like, well, I don't know, religious-tinged metalcore. Is that the best? I don't What's the best way to describe self-reliance, right? Yeah. And then it moves through, like, a metalcore-y kind of more. To, and then we start getting the punk, like, right. with, like, Live Forever, right? Yeah. We get the, right. we're heading in. The, got much more and creative. Then, huh? It got much more creative. It got much more creative, and it got... It just got, yeah, it got, it got like, t- like tighter, right? Like, like I feel like that's kind of like the self reliance kind of songs are loud, but they're big, they're wide. Yeah. Where I feel like the more right. like the we make our own luck songs are like a tunnel, and we're like going through that yeah. tunnel, and it's tight and fast, yeah. and we're like shooting through the tunnel. Um, yeah, and then and then yeah, there at the end, right? The, those last couple albums seem more like retrospectives where you're you're covering some of the older songs you're figuring out and you're yeah you're you're approaching them in that kind of gelatinous stage when at that point you would have been like in your late 20s you know mm-hmm. changing like so it's interesting how that sound changes um where do you see the apex where like the where's the top of the mountain sound wise like capturing the thing that you guys felt like you were going for uh, like it could be a song, could be an album, could have been a show. Yeah. What do you? Without a doubt in my mind, we make we make our own luck. Yeah. Definitely. I. Uh, I honestly, 
like the songs of uh, Everything You've Heard Is True more. I think we did, that was the best album, but We Make Our Own Luck means the most to me, and I think we were on top of it and had the uh, biggest yeah. like reach at that time. Like It meant so much to be doing what we were doing. Yeah. Like that, like 2006 yep. was awesome. It was just so much fun. Like we we're just like really you in toured the zone. like you toured like crazy for that album, didn't you? Uh, yeah, and actually the the problem the real the real bummer was that the album got delayed on release. And we had all these tours set up, and we're like, well, we're still going, but I yeah. wish we had the album. That yeah, that is a bummer. Um, yeah, I, I agree, because I, I think that it all really comes together with that album, where yeah. where the sound seems like what everyone's down to be playing, and that's the, and then I feel like a lot of the themes, of the positive themes, the camaraderie, the looking inside yourself, uh, those kind of themes really get solidified there. But I want to make kind of a controversial statement. Right. I think that... You live forever? Huh? Going live forever. I'm going live forever because I think I think one of the things that might throw that off is that like the recording isn't as crisp as right. the We Make Our Own Luck recording and the you know like We Make Our Own Luck that album art is so iconic. There's the picture of you on the front. There's mm. you know in the the kind of uh, stencily that that look. But so I feel like that a lot of that can get in the way, but. When I feel like everything that we <laughs> live forever die trying was doing was opening up for because I agree that I think we make our own luck is the best album and is the is the quintessential album, mm. but I think we make our own or the live forever was like it's like uh, it, to me it felt like the moment where the performer smiles right before they walk out on stage. You know where that, that yeah. moment where they're like thinking about their day and whatever, and then it's like time to face an audience and they put on the smile and they step forward. And it was, that was the step forward for me where it's like, we're gonna leave some of this religious stuff behind. We're gonna mm. leave more of this metally stuff behind it. Yeah. We're, we're, we're hanging, Ben's gonna be singing with three people hanging off of him. And yeah. Like, you know, like oh, yeah. that was the moment where I was like, "Oh, that's what that's yeah. what I that's what I'm here for." Yeah, and I you, think you're definitely right. I mean, things mm -hmm. really did change between Suffer Alliance and Left Forever because uh, we went from Bob to Matt. Yeah, and uh, definitely at first Matt wasn't very fast. Yeah, he came from a texting technical metal background yeah. so he was more into like playing wild fills but not as fast and it took him a little while to get fast yeah but once it locked in dude that dude is so creative on drums yeah unbelievable like, yeah and i think uh, eric really grabbed a hold of that and like just wrote really like crazy stuff that matt could really shine on like so it was just Eric, Eric Bogan, was he writing most of like the what would become the songs? He'd write like the seedling of it? Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. would you guys kind of have, how, what was that process like, I guess? Because uh, <laughs> I think in my mind it was, I think, I thought, I always thought it was CJ. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, um, so it was m like, I think, so Eric would come up with ideas. Mostly he would think of them. Okay. Uh, he wouldn't play them out. He would just be like, <laughs> I have an idea, hold on, everyone be quiet. <laughs> like this amazing ability to think of this part and he played out and then like, Whenever things came up, CJ could slide in with his musical knowledge of yeah, uh, so, what would work yeah. and like what particular note to play to fit and yeah. stuff. Like, which was a really great chemistry between CJ and Eric. Yeah. Um, and then there, the the last album, uh, it was Matt and CJ that had a, just phenomenal chemistry. Okay. So it, that evolved as well, kind of how the songs were written, mm. kind of evolved, like yeah, oh yeah, depending on who's in the band and the configuration and the sound. And, yeah, that's interesting. And then you would come, cause did you write all the lyrics? Uh, or was that a group it, effort? It was mostly me. Sometimes CJ, but in yeah. in the face of war, it was mostly me. Cool. Um, yeah. Uh, do you have a do you have do you have a favorite lyric like one that like when you look back like that I wrote some good shit there. You got man, uh, it's so hard to say. No, I understand. I would say um, it's either a I think it's a tie between <laughs> so many things. Um, <laughs> that's why I'm here. I'm asking the hard questions. Nine, <laughs> nine words is so funny to me. It is funny, dude. It is so hilarious. Like the whole buildup of like, to a, hey, this is real serious. Yeah, we gotta talk about this, and it's such a funny. But set again, of words. just because something is funny doesn't mean it's not yeah. serious. It's like another f song. Uh, that that I think about sometimes is with humor is suicide, right? Yeah. Where you're talking about making suicide drinks. Right, I'll do it. But, oh man! But <laughs> yeah. but like, don't dare me do it. I'll do it, dude. Like, and again, like, oh, you, can't, you can't joke about suicide. It's like you can actually if it's funny, yeah. if it's insightful, you yeah. can totally joke about it. And you did it in a way there that, and you and you didn't try to push it. That song's like what a minute twenty long. Like you like yeah. you you didn't push. It's just like and it's just like isn't it like in the middle of the album? It's like stuck in the. Yeah. It's like there in the middle oh, of the album. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. But was there another one that I'll, another line? I would that say you, probably like um, for a better for a better tomorrow. We'll yep. start with today with yeah. all the things we do and all the things we say right. like that. And then uh, later on in uh, the song, We Keep On Fighting, uh -huh. uh, there are a lot, a lot of the lyrics on Everything We've Heard Is True. Like, real, dude, I'm so like proud of it. I'm like, who, who even wrote this stuff? Yeah. Like, it, a lot of it sounds like it was written to me. Yeah. From me. Oh, that's it's weird. Uh, but the one line that sticks out a lot is like, the only way this is going to work is together, together, together. Yep. And you have a together, together, together yeah. shirt. <laughs> and uh, I don't know, I think another, actually, probably my favorite lyric is from that song as well. Um, 
how much taller I am standing on your shoulders mm. than standing on your back when you're face down to the ground. Like, I don't know, we, we've certainly been taught, like, it's a competition, like, yep. survival of the fittest, and it's yep. like, well, you know, actually, no one cares anymore about evolutionary biology, but it's... <laughs> the, such a great sentence. <laughs> the greatest advancements in the history of the Earth over billions of years has been when organisms cooperate. Yep. Yep. Like, uh, just, it's, it's all about cooperation. It reminds me of my favorite line, uh, and I, re I remembered it when I was listening to some of the songs today, uh, is the, uh, in the end I always know that I would die alone but for now and every minute till then we live together. Yeah. That kind of like, because that's like really, again, it's that thing that's like keeps it from being kitschy where it's like, it's not saying like, we're all in this together. It's saying like, one day we're going to die. I'm going to die alone. Yeah. But until then I'm going to do what's, what's yeah, best. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. Like that's serious and positive, right? It's practical positivity. Yeah. And it, it um, I just always thought that was great. Um, oh, one thing I will tell you. I think I would put Revival uh, on... Oh, man. At, I would put Revival on the Mount Rushmore of positive hardcore songs. I don't know enough about hardcore music in general. Um, I'm, a ver I'm very much a specialist. I have my few favorite hardcore bands. Uh, but I would be willing to bet that there aren't four other song like posi hardcore songs that are better than that song like everything brought together the musicianship of it the the meaning of it the and i just remember the live shows of that yeah right the at the end the yell the we need to start a revival in our hearts like that it's just not, like it's just like a bunch of people yelling those words those important words like we could, that that's like my that's like a mantra. Like, we, like every day it's like, no, we need to start a revival in our hearts. Like today, every day. Like yeah. it's not just like something you do one day and you're like, everything's fine. Like you, it's an ongoing thing. And that I, I would seriously put that on the Mount Rushmore of posi hardcore songs. I just think it's, I think that all of it together is, is incredible. Um, yeah, so we've been yapping for an hour. So I want to start heading towards the wrap up, but, um, I did want to talk about a couple other things. Uh, you've mentioned a lot, and again, this might be a daunting question, but uh, what were some, uh, what, who were some people or what were some bands that changed your life that you wouldn't have known without in the face of work? Hercules. Hercules. Hercules from what, Omaha. From Omaha? Uh, man, those guys, that band. Yeah. But yeah, the whole Omaha crowd was yeah. just awesome. But like those mid, those mid-sized Midwestern cities. Yeah, it was like that was my favorite thing about touring. And when people ask me like, "Hey, what's your favorite city?" It's like Fargo. <laughs> yeah, it was Fargo and Omaha. And like we put out most of our music, and I still talk with the guy that did that. Um, and he's from Sioux Falls, South Dakota, or, well, he's from Mankato, Minnesota, but uh, 
in a way, you know, just like that. Yeah. Oh, like just people in the middle of the country that aren't too cool for anything. They're just like, they are who they and are. And they need something they're, to they're do. Not, yeah, they're not trying to like, you know, uh, uh, be impressive and get into the right crowd in like yeah. New York City or whatever. Like, this is super honest. Like, like some of my favorite shows are like, you know, Iowa or, yeah. you know, Texas or just middle of the country, yeah. like nobody states. Yeah. Like, could really identify with that being from Indiana. It's like most people don't even know what that is. Like when I went to Europe, it was like, yeah, I'm from I Indiana and like, where's that? Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's somewhere between New York and LA. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think on point, I just started saying like, New York or Chicago, just yeah, could, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, dude, I, was, I I force people. I'm just like I'm from Elwood, Indiana, and yeah. if you Google it, you have a map on your phone, and right. it's a place also, and there are people there, mm -hmm. and yeah, uh, and I think that's what was always the miracle to me was, it was one of my first lessons in, in like everything's a fucking miracle. Like the fact that I exist is incredible, right? that all these things came together just right to make whatever this is, <laughs> you know? And, but you know, the fact that this table, you know, we can get as woo woo as we want about it, but at some of those shows, you know, and there's like a hundred people at like a firehouse in Kokomo and yeah. you're just like, what's going on? <laughs> like, yeah. Something else is go like, this is, and it was just like five dudes being like, let's play some music and we'll invite our friends and those people invited their friends and, yeah. And then, then that's what it was. People start coming in. Um, didn't like have heart come through. Yeah. Then they come like yep. well, that. They're up there with y'all for my favorite hardcore bands. Like, uh, and it's just like, like yeah, like whoa, you know, like <laughs> like this happened. Like th that was the amazing thing about the final show was looking back. Yeah. Uh, when how many people were there? Three uh, hundred. It was four, four. It was like four fifty. Four fifty. Yeah, there were a lot of people there, and it was that thing where, like, I noticed people flying in from bands that I'd seen play with you guys before. I noticed people that I hadn't seen in six years showing up, you know, yeah. and like, and then like I took friends that, who had never seen you guys to that show, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, this is a weird first show, to go to. but um, uh, but that was the penultimate like. I'm sure you were standing there like, whoa. Like, yeah, dude, blew me away. No, it wasn't blew 40 me people, away. it was 450. Yeah, you know? like, right. Yeah. It's so wild. Um, and, dude, I would be so terrible if I didn't say my favorite bands that we played oh, yeah, with yeah, were like, with Vega and yep. Dead of Winter. Yep, and they both reunion Those for that. Those bands were so goddamn good. And didn't they reunion for that? They both? Uh, they I know Vega did. Yes. Did they? But yes. did Dead of Winter they, played. Dead of Winter did get back to uh, Van played in like two years. They played that show. Yeah. yeah. And like, it was so awesome. And like, my favorite lyric of all time, speaking of Vega, is yeah. what a miracle it is to be loved at all. Yeah. Like, I, I, I get goosebumps and I cry every Dude, time I hear Dude, if you got permission from muscles. Zach to make, to make a... What a miracle is to be loved at all shirt. It it might sell like because <laughs> oh, everyone else also loves yeah. like that's 
someone speaking of writing it, someone wrote that lyric. I don't know who it was. Wrote that lyric uh, on the on the wall of our high school in like Sharpie on the wall, Whoa. like in the hallway, and like wrote one of your clothes. We loved it all. Yeah. Or and someone else wrote. I and then under it, I think I wrote. I have arms to hold you up. And like, yeah. And there's just like this aware of making graffiti <laughs> at my high school, and it's just like, what's going on? Yeah. Um, because it is just like, oh, we. Yeah, it's just the beauty of once there was nothing and now there's something. And, yeah. and and then when that something gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah, those both those bands too were um I think both those bands were they a li- if they could shift ahead 10 years. Yeah. Cuz like oh, yeah. the Vega sound that everyone thought was, Vega was like doing this thing that seemed like real 90s and like you know that kind of like like their true emo, that kind of vibe. Mm. Uh, now that's like huge again. Yeah. And I'm like, oh yeah, they'd be huge. They were they were so good. Like I mean, the just the melodies, the yes, those individuals like from Kyle is such a like prodigy. He's a good, yeah, he's a, like he's also. amazing. Yeah. He comes up with the most incredible. Yeah. Leads, unreal. Yeah, and then and then let's just pray. Let's just praise all of them. But uh, Zach, but like Zach is a song was like Zach was the reason I wanted to study English in school. Uh, all I knew this was actually a thing I wanted to bring up was I started this thing in that scene for myself, and I still do it to this day. When I go, when I join a disc golf club, or I move when I move to Austin, or when I you know started hanging out with this new group of friends. Uh, I will try to identify someone who's a little older than me, who's been there a little longer than me, and who has similar values to me, who's similar, thing, like, who's talkative, who, um, you know, who likes connection to whatever, similar to me in some way, and I'll be like, okay, I'm going to see what you do, and I'm going to kind of learn from you, and I'm just going to watch you out of account, mm. because you've already done it, and I think where you're at is where I want to be, you know? Um and Zach was that person. I was like 16. No, I was younger than that. I was like 15. I met Zach and 14, 15. And then, you know, it was like right when he was starting at IWU and he like invited me up and I had my girlfriend who had a driver's license. She dropped me off at his dorm and I hung out with him. And it was that moment of like, oh yeah, this is the kind, this is a kind of person that I could see myself trying to be in college. So he was like studying English. So when I was like, I was like, I'll go study English. Like Zach did okay with it. Like I'll do it. Right. Um, Cause he is just, he's, he was writing all those songs. He's like 18, 19 years old and they are smart. They're like well-written. They're like deep and wide and they, yeah. And so he's, oh, yeah. and then Frank's energy. Yeah. It's just, unbelievable. is there was, which is funny now cause he makes like quiet, sad music. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I love Frank. But there was Frank's the best. There was no one that, like doing that, like mm. just like yeah, that crazy and, face and, with and the like rock always. <laughs> but but when he would cut loose in those moments, and and when he let out that yell for Vega, it's just like whoa. And yeah. then oh, and then man. Burke, was, Burke and just then, like the best the, musician the universe know. Bergen just so good at well, guitar and playing, drums. He like, was, went from playing lead guitar 
with him to being drummer. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what? Like it, <laughs> You're just, just going like, to do that? You're just going to make that switch? Yeah. Like, um, so great. Yeah. It's I also, everything now. Yeah. They're the best band in the state. Yeah. Like, then no one, well... No one outside of the No state. one knows enough about, but... Yeah. Uh, at least there are some people who know them, but... Yeah. So good. They were actually going to get back together last year. Oh, yeah? And record a new album. Wow. Well, hopefully that still happens. Yeah, I think that's what's... Um, but all all those bands were praising, and, and, and if they swear, like, they were... They just did it. They made music. You know, like, everything... Er, er, Everything now is was just like, yeah. I never knew what when and someone's like new everything now album or whatever. I'd be like, I don't know what this is gonna sound like. You didn't, yeah. you know, like I don't know what's gonna yeah. happen. But that was fun. That was like, let's see yeah. what happens. Like they're just doing it. They're like Crafty just, is such an amazing uh, individual and mind and just musician. Like he just. Yeah. Unreal stuff he come up with. One one track he had me yell in a six foot drain pipe. <laughs> like just just wild. That's He's so wild. That's great. Um, well, yeah. So um, I think the lesson is that this never grow up vibe is is like how do we do it. How do we keep doing our youthful energy making stuff mm. while trying not to be like that creepy old guy who's like yeah. standing at yeah at, you know I yeah I, I, I think okay, about we, that we were at that we were at that pop pop up sh- uh, show at the lot the lot party and I was talking to one of my friends and he was like I feel like I'm too old to be here and I was like I was like I get you but I was like I think we have to like how do we have these kind of things that we can that people our age still can enjoy and like yeah because i don't i always would be there would always be at like 45 year old guy at shows and i'd be like is he awesome or is he a loser (laughs) (laughs) yeah because it's like he's at this show so yeah makes him pretty cool but he's also like i'm especially at that time i'm running through all these like shoulds in my head like he should have a family and he should have a and it's like yeah right hey, he's just doing his thing dude yeah like let him do and now now i'm i'm turning into that guy and i'm like oh yeah i just it's really hard sometimes man i don't know if you of you know we talked recently about or we talked earlier about you uh quitting your job just and they're like wanting to put all your energy into some of the stuff you're creating and some of the stuff you're doing uh and taking care of yourself and and it's funny that that is like, that that's not a more obvious or an okay, acceptable thing. It's something we have to like, yeah. you know, there's that tension. It's yeah. Like, why is there tension there? Yeah. Let me do whatever the I fuck mean, you want. Like this year, it's been, it's been wild for me. Like, I feel like, feel like 22 again. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not though. Yeah. Um, yeah. I hope that. You know, I got like that imposter syndrome kind of voice telling me like, oh, you're too old for this or mm-hmm. whatever. And it's like, you know what? I'm not. Like, I still have yeah. a mindset. Like, I want to like just do whatever I want to do and not do what someone else tells me what to do. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that that's that's a good reminder because I even get I've been having this trouble where with poetry stuff. So I had I was things were going really well in my poetry career. I was in a really great master's program. I was I was I had just published a book. I was published. I had a couple more books coming out, and uh, and then some really bad personal things happened, including my uh, my mental health just really tanked with my bipolar, and I. I did some things I'm not proud of. I had some bad moments. Uh, and that really ostracized me from the poetry community. So I didn't have that kind of... It'd be like if suddenly you're out, you're you're still doing it in the face of war, but no one wants to play shows with you for some reason, right? And it's like, do you keep making those songs? And, that, and you should, right? And if that's your mm-hmm. passion, yeah. it doesn't. that validation doesn't have to control everything. Mm. And so I'm trying to figure out how to, as I head back towards hopefully some of that, um, like, how do I just keep the momentum going and keeping the keeping right. the steamroller rolling, right? right? And right. Uh, and it's just about fucking doing it. You just do it. Yeah. Like, right. write the damn I, poem, sound, make it, the damn shirt. Like, um, it sounds it sounds silly and it's way harder than just saying it. But uh, honestly, I feel like if you don't feel like doing it, drink some coffee and then he'll do it <laughs> yeah it says the man drinking a caffeinated sparkling water yeah oh yeah <laughs> that's amazing uh I, I still don't i think it's just the straight edge habit i still don't really do a lot of caffeine every once in a while yeah. um mm. but yeah so ben this has been wonderful uh talking to you like this and so i like to end these episodes of the podcast with a gratitude moment. So we we'll just take a second to think of something we're grateful for today, uh, and share that with each other, and then we'll say goodbye. Does that sound yeah. okay? Oh yeah. Um, do you have something in mind that you're something you're great of anything you're grateful for today? You know, yes, I am. I'm grateful for my friends, people like you. Uh, like it just it makes doing things. Kind of, kind of brighter. Like feel, it feels better when you know that other people around you are reaping the benefit of you doing yeah. something. So I think it's good to like keep your hands active because someone cares about what you're doing. Yeah. And I'm really grateful that there are people that help me when I need help. Yeah. Because uh, we can't do this alone. Like, yep. It's impossible. I mean, self-reliance is self-destruction. <laughs> yes. You can't just count on yourself to do everything. Or, Well, there are a few people that can, but most of us can't. It's like yeah. We need arms to hold us up. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, that's great. Uh, yeah, for me, the thing I've been really thankful for is um i feel like both where i'm at with my mental illness and where um the world is now with this whole covid thing like i'm fully vaccinated a lot of people i know are like all that kind of good stuff um with things open back up there's a i have a mobility again that i really miss Mm, uh yeah it might not surprise you living in elwood during covid is a little lonely and also, I, you might not, I don't know if you know this, but my wife left me th- th- three weeks into COVID. Oh, um, damn. So, Sorry so to hear there's, that, a man. Stu- there's a stuckness to it. Uh, thank you. And, and then, 
there's a stuckness because of those things. And then all those together were like, so I felt really stuck for a long time, both in my mental health journey, but also my artistic journey. And so, and then also my literal ability to be mobile, to drive to Indy and go to a show or drive to Indy and hang out with you. Like, mm. um, I'm just really thankful to be mobile. Again. Yeah. <laughs> to be mobile oh, again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, is there any last things that we didn't touch on that you want yeah. to talk about? Uh, one other thing I want to say is I'm really thankful for the vaccine. Yes. And that so many people were so hard to make this happen so fast. Make it so fast. It's an incredible, like, yeah. Um, I, I learned about the particular science that went into this yeah. in school seven years ago. So this is, it's not a rush job. Yeah. Like this technology has been around for a long time now. Yeah. They just haven't had a reason to try it out yet. Yep. And this is it. And I'm very happy to have the vaccine and I really urge everyone to get it. Yep. Like there's nothing better you can do for your community and for the people around you that you love and for like for yourself than to get the vaccine. I really yeah. encourage people to get it if they're on the fence or whatever, like uh, hit me up, we'll talk about it. I, <laughs> yeah. I think it's really important. Yeah, yeah, me too. And I, I think it's unfortunate, you know, I love that you're kind of taking the, the it's a miracle approach to looking at it versus yeah. the, the skeptical, like it was done so quickly. We don't know what it'll do. Like, but we can also use we can also reframe all that in like a, I can't believe it was done so quickly. How amazing. Yeah, like, I know. It's is, like, it's um, such or, an incredible human achievement. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah. And just, just continuing to use gratitude as a way to move through the world. Like, um, yeah, yeah, it, it, we are, we'll, we'll take, I think hopefully a lot of us will take uh, less things for granted. Like this, the opportunity to do this. So right. thank you, buddy. Yeah, thank you. Yep. One last piece of gratitude before we go. I want to say thanks again to our guests for being on the show, and thanks y'all for listening and hopefully sharing and following along. Um, and I also want to say thanks, as always, to Landon Caldwell, a.k.a. Creeping Pink, for letting us use his song uh, Free Yourself as the opening track, and to Derek Crownover for letting us use his piece float as the cover image for the podcast so thanks to everyone who has any part in this who supports this uh and thank you for being here